Football is more than just a game, it's a multicultural phenomenon. And to millions around the world, an abiding passion. It is also a vast commercial industry. Yet, amidst the fanfare, the sport is often overshadowed by controversies like fan violence, corruption and racism. Patrice Evra is a striking example of a top-flight player whose hugely successful career crossed national and cultural boundaries. Born in Senegal and raised in France, Evra faced many challenges en route to stardom with teams like Manchester United and Juventus. Along the way, he encountered the darker side of football, experiencing racial abuse from fans and on the pitch, including an infamous encounter with Liverpool striker Luis Suarez in 2011. Later in his career, Evra revealed that he'd been sexually abused as a child by a schoolteacher, a secret he kept for 25 years. Now, in a career off the pitch, he's a UN ambassador against child sexual abuse and uses his 20 million strong social media following to campaign against racism in sport. Bolstered by a fortune earned playing the game, Patrice Evra acquired a Portuguese football club that recently won promotion to the Primeira Liga. And he's a prolific investor in technology, leading to his participation in the world's largest and most renowned technology conference, the Web Summit in Lisbon, where we caught up with him. Patrice Evra talks to Al Jazeera. Patrice Evra, thank you for talking to Al Jazeera. You're welcome. We meet here at the Web Summit in Lisbon, and in due course, we'll get to talking a little bit more about your interest in tech, tech investing, and so on. But first of all, you're a legend, obviously, of the game of football. Let, let me get this right now. Having played five Premier League winning Premier League titles, a UEFA Champions League for Manchester United, for France, your national team, three UEFA European Championships, two World Cups, one of them is captain. An extraordinary record and way, way more besides, of course. You left the game in 2019. Do you think that you will be best known for what you did on the football pitch or for what you do and have done post-football? I'll, no, I'll be honest, I'm quite surprised and uh, I am more known and famous now than when I used to play. But it's uh, because of special fact, I didn't uh, choose the easy way. You know, I did like some punditry, I finished my coach license, but I decided to give to the world, to the community, what they give me. Because I always say, no matter if you're successful in life, you need people. And those people supporting me for all those years, I feel like now I want to give more as a person than as an athlete. And I, I had a bet with my agent, I said people will recognize me, me as Mr. I love this game. Then the player for my United Juventus or the captain of the French national team. And I quite win my bet. I, I, I create a positive monster. Sometimes it's overwhelmed, but you know, it's part of the package. It's not surprising to hear that you're more famous now than you were then, or at yeah. least you think you are, because there are a lot of things for which you are becoming well-known uh, in your post-football life, your post-football uh, career. First of all, perhaps inevitably, social media. 
you have a vast presence on social media. 14 million followers on Instagram, 20 million followers across all platforms. That gives you immense power. Do you take that power seriously? Yes, really seriously. I think it's a massive responsibility. I am not under pressure, but I, I was someone I was against the social media, even back in the day, so Alex Ferguson. But he weren't allowed. He wasn't even allowed, and now it's Sir Alex Ferguson calling me, say, I love your video when you were like dressed as a Bob Marley. So the world is changing, the world is evolving. But what I like about it, and people know I'm a massive advocate of ending the violence against children, and with all my platform to reach like billions of people, this is a gift. This is just amazing. And sometimes you can do things that can go positively viral, but also negatively viral. But what I'm doing, I'm just being myself, authentic. I'm not pretending so, someone I am not. I have not any strategy. I do it with love, with passion, and with fun. When I'm doing my video, it's not about pleasing people. I first please myself. And it's a little bit being selfish, but that's the truth. I was talking about people, they were like, oh, to create content, good content. I don't have the answer. Just be yourself. Don't lie to people and make them, make them dream, make them laugh, make them happy. You know, when I do a video and I see some comment, they say, Patrick, my dad just passed away. Watching one of your video make me, make me smile. This is more important than winning the Champions League or the Premier League. And that's where, that's where I am right now. Well, it gives you this power. You're called a social media influencer for a reason because it enables you to influence the way people think, particularly young people among your legions of fans. That brings us to what you mentioned a moment ago. It was going to be my next question anyway. Your work as a UN ambassador to help end violence against children. Tell, tell me, what, what form does that work take? How does that work? Uh, it's, uh, it's something for those people. They write my book, they read my book. I've sexually abused at the age of, uh, of 13. Then I keep it quiet until I was 38. And that's when I, I had one of the biggest games to tell to my mom. So of course she was devastated. It was a really tough moment. But I say, mom, I have to put it in my book. She say, no, it's too personal. I say, no, it's not for me, mom. I'm happy. I succeed in life. But it's to help those billion of children to protect those, those children, you know, when I, I, I travel around the world meeting president and working sometime with WHO and see like the statistic. One of two children being like having any form of abuse, sexually abused, uh, mentally abused, physically abused, but we don't talk. So you mean like it's half of this room, for Up example. To one billion children aged between two and 17 have experienced physical, sexual or emotional violence in the past year. That's according to the World Health Organization. It, it, it's shocking, and I know it's really taboo, mm -hmm. but I'm someone I like to break those taboo. And I'm really comfortable to talk about it. That's why sometimes people are like, oh my God, we didn't know the experience. I'm fine. I won't find any excuse. Yes, I had a trauma. Uh, I was always like tough. I was like a winning machine mentality. I never show my emotion. And sometimes people were like, but you say, oh, you get that strong. And I was like, you know, it's the way I grew up, but no. It's because after that, it was difficult to trust someone. And I built that, uh, I would say, that monster where I will never let someone in. But thanks now, I'm a different man, a different life. And more you talk about it, more you become human. Sometimes I think I was even a robot. If, if you'll forgive me, just for a moment, 
to go back to that time in your life, age 13. You were abused, I believe, by a school teacher. Yes. And it took you 25 years yes. before you were yes. able even to talk about it. Why is that, you? So that's why I don't call myself a victim. I call myself a, a survivor. But for the people, they call themselves a victim or survivor. It's difficult to talk because, first of all, you feel, you feel shame about yourself. You feel guilty. You don't know even if people are going to trust you. Even your own family can feel like you make it up. So it's tough. That's why I say I don't force people to talk about it. Because it's one thing to talk, but after the support. The support is the most important thing. That's why that's the things I'm doing. I'm like, I receive like so many messages about so many famous people. This happened to me. I never say you have to talk about it. I say, if you need to talk about it, I am here. So that's why, and it's not about the fame. Because I remember when I was in Monaco, I was 24 years old and the police called me because some other kids have some complaint about it. And they asked me, you know, you were living in this house. Have you done something? And I say, no. Are you sure? And I say, no, and I put the phone down. And after that day, I remember I feel something in my chest. I feel like a co-op. I feel like I'm letting down a lot of people behind. But to tell me why I didn't talk about it is because I wasn't ready. It's just because I wasn't ready. So that's why people have to be ready to talk about it. And it is that, that silence that is prevalent across the spectrum for victims of sexual abuse. The years that people spend concealing the truth from others and from themselves. That's something that you have an interest now in trying to help people open up about, right? But of course, to help them, but like I said, to don't push them. You have to, when you talk about it, you have to come from yourself first, mm. from inside. And me, I was quite lucky. The way it happened, it was I was talking, I was watching a, a documentary with my wife, mm. and it was about pedophile, and she was like, oh, if someone do this to our children, I'm going to kill them. And, I, and she saw my face change. She said, what's the problem? I said, nothing. She said, come on, we don't lie between each other. She said something? She said something. And I tell her. And, you know, she was devastated. She cried. And she was like, now I understand you're such a nice guy, but when you go crazy, you cried like the fire come out. And since I, I revealed that, I'm a more like cool person. I know more how to control my emotion, my energy. So. Like, like I say, I wasn't ready to talk about that, but it was the moment. The universe was, okay, that's the moment to talk about it. So, to, to some degree, in a weird way, you, you, you seem to credit that awful experience in your early life with the, the anger, the, perhaps the aggression and the energy, yep. the determination that yep. you used to propel yourself as a footballer. No, exactly. Might I think... it have been different had you not had that experience? It's a really good question. I love that. And if you ask me, but Patrice, you will become the player you are now without that experience? I don't know. Everything happened for a reason. I will tell you one thing. If I open up myself like I'm opening right now, football is a, is the, is a lot of toxic masculinity. All the players, they will have the perspective, like the, the captain being sexually abused. I don't know if they will, have, if they will even follow me. So that's why I want to break all those rules. Like we need to open. Man, you're allowed to cry. You're allowed to share your emotion. My dad say, I grew up 
If you cry, it's a weakness. No. Actually, if you cry, it's a strength. I was laughing when I had like some friend, they were crying because they were watching a movie. I've got like some friend, they die, my brother when he died, I didn't even cry, I didn't even share a tear. But now I'm a different man. Of course, I'm still that strong man, but I'm getting rid of that toxic masculinity. And Patrice, being in a position now as a UN ambassador, to be able to help young people, to be able to help children, a position given to you by, or earned, I suppose, through football. You've described that as better than... It's better than anything. It's better... I remember when I had my first pitch at the UN uh, two years ago, and to be on that stage, where it's the most famous and more powerful people, and being allowed to represent those billions of children, I was quite like really overwhelmed when they, big, they give me a big standing ovation. And I was like, this is not for me. This is for all those children. So I feel as a privilege. I feel blessed and grateful. And yes, you will say like, you know, even if bad things happen to me, but everything happened for a reason. Did I will have the same passion, the same determination? Maybe yes, maybe not. Because everything I do, I'm passionate about life. I always, you know, love children. I always love people. That's why I say when people are happy, that's what makes me happy. But yes, I'm like determined. It's a massive subject. But it's two years I've been working really hard. We have a lot of projects. Next year, for the first time, we're going to have a conference in Colombia where like all the presidents are going to prioritize it on their agenda. Because that's when, when I meet them, they're like, what are we going to do? I'm saying, hey, guys, I didn't study for what? The only thing I ask you is to prioritize it in your agenda. Mm -hmm. And this will already be a massive step. Apart from, or I suppose in addition to all of this, you overcame extraordinary odds in your own life, in your own journey. Born in Senegal, of course. Your father a diplomat, so you traveled a lot. You grew up on the mean streets of France. Les Ulysses. Having some pretty rough experiences. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, it was tough. That's why people ask me, Patrice, how are you? I always say I'm alive, I'm still alive. And they laugh. But I lost, I lost, I lost a lot of friends. It could have under, ended up the, the, other, the other way. That's why I say football saved my life. When I uh, went to Italy when I was 17, he took me out from the street. It could have been like worse. And I'm really blessed and grateful. That's why I'm living life 100%. Every single minute are important. The longer I love this game, it doesn't mean it's never related by any sport. It's not about football, it's not about basketball. It's about life. I could have said I love this life, but the game. Because sometimes in life you lose and you win, but you have to never give up. And that's why I'm creating, building all this community behind me because, you know, life is too short. And sometimes we're complaining for, for small things. And you know, sometimes the human being, the brain, the way we work is a tragedy have to happen for you to think, oh my God, you know, I'm lucky to be alive. No, don't wait. Every single day say, I love my life. I'm passionate about life. And with that background, of course, racism is yeah. another thing that you have been exposed to, that yes. you have experienced, and that you are trying to use your yeah. platforms to improve, to tackle. Uh, perhaps most famously on the pitch, an incident in 2011 involving Liverpool striker Luis Suarez. Yeah. Is it still a problem? In football today, racism. But but of course, but it's not in football. It's the society. 
Football is a massive platform when you can spread and have impact on people. But don't give me wrong, you know, people blame a lot the FIFA or the wave, whatever, but it's a society. For example, I experienced the, the races when I was playing, you know, in Italy, I was uh, the, the only black player uh, on the whole league. So I will tell you a story gonna make you maybe laugh or maybe feel like, wow. I remember the first time I learned and he was a dad with his son and they look at me. And the guys come, he said, posto una foto, can I have a picture? Then I said, wow, I, I from the street, I already came, I already famous. Then they took a picture, then his kid, he touched my skin, he was like, he think I was dirty. All right. But I don't call it racist, this is ignorance. Yeah. They didn't know about it. Sure. Then after, of course, when I was at the stadium and people were like throwing banana at me, making the, no the monkey nose, but I was even performing even better. That's why I say everyone is different. Online, I'm, I'm so lucky I don't get abused. I'll be honest with you, because even if people are racist, and I, like I say, I can't condemn a racist person, but what I want to know is like the cause why. Not everyone born as a racist person. You know, and in the society, okay, it's racist. Like we're gonna ban someone from the stadium because he makes some racist, but what are you gonna do? He's gonna go back home and maybe become even more racist. Mm. You need to have a conversation and communication is the key. That's why when I do some video, I sometimes disguise as a panda. I dance and everything and I take yeah. off the head and I'm saying I'm white, I'm black, I'm chubby, Say no to bully and say no to racist. Say no it's to bully. So no to bully. It's all about communication. And even when sometimes it's a sensitive matter, you need to also find the humor on it. Like I remember, I say to people, you know, when someone send you the, the monkey emoji, just text back, say, no, send the gorilla. The gorilla is stronger. <laughs> you know, the monkey is weak, send me the gorilla. Yeah. If they send you the banana, you say like, I love banana. You know, that's the way I'm fighting against it. But of course, in football is, is massive, but the problem is the society. Yet another big deal in your life, Patrice, and in your post-football career, has come, and you're living through it now, with the acquisition of a third-tier, essentially no-hope football club, here in Portugal, Estrella de Amadora, that last year won promotion to the Primera Liga. Crazy. What a miraculous story that is. Is So you're now the owner of a big club. How's that, that going? How are they doing? It's a dream. Mm. Uh, you know, when you're a footballer player, the normal route, normally you become a punditry and a coach. I did the opposite. I, like, I went straight to the big table. Sure. And it's a massive responsibility, but also it's a, it's a, it's a And I'm like, why me? Why me? Why? I am in Dubai, my uh, uh, English friend Nell Pretch comes say, Patrice, you know I have a lot of business opportunity, but this opportunity is for you. He gave me the story, Estrella Madora, what an amazing story, because I love club with a massive football history, Man United, Juventus, Estrella Madora, and now to be even here in Lisbon, and you know, be, being like owner of a football club, who, who, who would believe that when I was like, 10 years old, begging money in front of the street to buy a, a sandwich called kebab. I'm living a dream, but I'm conscious. And that's why I want to make sure I live it 100% and my feet stay on the ground. I never forget where I come from. Because sometimes the universe or God, when he gives you something, 
Mm. He can take it really fast. If you see mentally your head is getting bigger or you think you, you're a superstar, no. When I talk to people, they're like, "Why, well, Patrice, you're not like those famous people, celebrity. You talk, I say, I'm not famous, I'm a, I'm a human being. Yes, it doesn't matter what I succeed, what I achieve in life, but at the end, I am a human being like yourself. Low key. Now, that's not your only investment, of course. You were also a big tech investor, a tech entrepreneur, which is why you come to things like the Web, Web Summit, why you're fated at gatherings like this. What is it that drew you to, to tech as an I, avenue of interest? I'm a, I'm a, how to say, like, I'm a monster of learning. So, like I say, when you play football, you live in that bubble. You don't live, it's not the real world. Now I'm living in the real world. So I come, I ask about the tech, investment, and I didn't think about this when I was playing football because I'm someone I live the present. I always say if you think about the past, you're going to live with regret. If you think about the future, you're going to live with anxiety and stress. So the present. People were like, oh, you need to plan. I didn't plan. It come to me. And that's why I believe in energy. I believe in things. Everything happened for a reason. And when even I was like in Abu Dhabi and I was talking about the metaverse, I didn't know about the metaverse before. But I was on the plane. I learned about it. And you know, this is the new, it's the new generation. And the train is going. Or you jump on it or you don't. I was against social media. I said to people, I will never be on social media. And look where I am. Ferguson was someone like uh, not allowing any, anybody about it. Now he's the one calling me, send me that video. My friend loved that crazy video. The world is changing. And like I said, I'm in a learning process. I want to keep learning until I die. Well, as you say, you could have taken the well-trodden path towards becoming a pundit on TV or a football manager. Instead, you're a guy with a canny business strategy, putting in the hard work, doing Remarkably well. In life, uh, you need to take risks. Sure. You know, I, I, uh, I prefer like to fail than if I don't try. Sure. I think it will be worse for me to don't try. And when I stop, I love football, but this is another part of my life. I think people is like an iceberg. You know, they, people just see what's happened on the top, but under the under the sea, that's when now people know the real Patrice. Like, I'm more famous now than when I used to play. Sure. I'm more happy now than when I used to play. Quick fire round to finish us off, Patrice. Your advice, first of all, to your legions of fans out there, young people who might want to become, to be the footballer you were, your advice to them? My advice is believe in your, in your dream. Don't let anyone say you can. Like my, 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 my friend teacher at school, was saying footballer play is not a job and everyone was laughing about it. After she was going even more deeper. Do you think Mr. Everine 300 kids, they're gonna pick one kid is going to be you? Yes, ma'am. Everyone was laughing about it. I don't wanna take any revenge against that French teacher. I just want to make sure she don't say the same things to other kids. Let the kids dream. When I go and I do my tour and meeting all those kids, I say, even if you wanna be the president of the universe, make the sacrifice for it and be yourself. Don't pretend to be someone you are not. Don't act. Do things with passion, with your heart, and don't be drive by the success or the money. Be drive by your passion. And your advice to players still in the game who perhaps are wrapped up, lost in a social media world, consumed in a way that you never were in your day, what's your advice to them? My advice is to be careful. And that's why I never blame this new, new generation. The old generation, we didn't have this distraction. 
of social media. Now the players, they become politicians. They are wrong. They're not just athletes. We were like just athletes. Focus on football, that's what we are performing. But if you want to succeed on something, you have to give your 100% focus. I will tell you one thing. I remember my, my first son was like three years old. I back home one day. He said, I hate Manchester. He was crying. He said, why you cry? He said, I hate Manchester United. Why you hate Manchester United? Are you a City fan or a Liverpool fan or Chelsea? No, because they took my dad away. That shows you how much you have some time to sacrifice to succeed. Everyone, like the ginger, everyone wants everything fast. But you know, to reach the top of the pyramid, it's quite easy. But to stay at the top, that's when you have to make a lot of sacrifice. So my advice to those uh, players, they're still playing, focus on your job. Because people won't understand, even if you do a one-minute video, they will say, look, he doesn't, he's not focused, we lose. No. But when you like start to become like a legend and you assume the responsibility, like I did when I was in uh, Turin, I was playing for Juventus, no matter if we are losing a game or winning, I was still being myself on social media because this is my private life. But you need to have like the responsibility to make sure when things are not going well in football, you know, you have to keep doing, but don't put your social media first. Prioritize football, training, Eat football, sleep football, <laughs> all of that, yeah. if you want to, like, uh, succeed. Well, you would know. Patrice Evra, footballer, UN, WHO children's ambassador, club owner, social media... Secretary. And human being. And human being. Thank you for talking to Abdul. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Oh, great. <laughs>